Properly parenting today's teens is not for the faint of heart. It takes tools and sometimes even help from those who know us best and love us most, like extended family, friends, even the church. Sometimes it even requires the help of trained professionals. But there's no greater asset in the parenting toolbox than prayer. Prayer is the gateway to infinite wisdom, love, and power, and it positions us for the heavy task of parenting while equipping us to fulfill our divine call to shape future generations. Not just by what we teach, but by modeling what we teach. Now, perhaps that's why when referring to prayer, Oswald Chambers wrote, Prayer doesn't change things as much as prayer changes us and we change things. The power of prayers for my teen. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Well, hello and welcome once again to Licensed to Parent and our weekly conversations with folks who can help us be the best parents God intends us to be. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential treatment program for teens in crisis and, by extension, for their parents. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and executive director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, when it comes to dealing with our teens and all of the challenges that go along with that, even behavioral issues, it is very easy for us to turn first to our friends, maybe our pastors or counselors or even books on parenting before we remember the key step of dropping to our knees. Why, why do you mm-hmm. think it is that tapping into infinite intelligence by way of prayer is often the last thing we do? Well, that's a good question, Rich. I think by and large, most Christians do pray for their kids. But for others, you know, we often think of ourselves as, as fixers. I know that's been an issue with me. Uh, we made them, you know, we got to fix them. It's like a reflex in a lot of us. So even before going to God as flawed human beings, we react instead of respond. And, and by reacting, uh, which is usually an impulse of the flesh, rather than responding, uh, which is supposed to give time and, and room for the Spirit of God to work through us, we often complicate things by, by caving to our emotions. It's just hard to think about praying for your kid uh, when your flesh has got you thinking about strangling them. Yep. <laughs> uh, an, another reason we don't often pray for our kids is the same reason we forget to pray, period. We just might not be in the place spiritually where we, we need to be, or, or maybe we don't see it solving our immediate problem. Uh, you know, we're a society that's got to have it now. Um, we don't stop to think that maybe God's using our current situation with our kids uh, to speak a message to us. A change for us really isn't any easier than change for our kids, uh, maybe more difficult. And I'm sure there's, you know, many more reasons, and hopefully our guests can help us get it all sorted out. I mean, after all, he's written a book with some pretty good <laughs> prayers with, uh, that, that parents can read and, and use in their own difficult situations. Well, today's guest is not only an author who writes on praying for our teens, he's also a radio host himself. His name is Mark Gregston. You may recognize that name, Mark and his wife, Jan first started working with teens uh, quite a while back when they were just teens themselves, 19 years old, but were working as young life leaders in Tulsa, Oklahoma. After spending about seven years on the First Methodist Church staff in Tulsa, Mark and Jan moved to Branson, Missouri, and during their time there, they started a residential counseling program for struggling teens. Does that sound at all familiar, Mr. Embry? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> in 1988, they left that ministry to start Heartlight Ministries, providing a safe haven of hope for struggling teens at its residential counseling center in Longview, Texas. Mark has authored not only the book we're going to be talking about today, but a total of 12 books, um, including Prayers for My Teen, 
He's written hundreds of articles about parenting teens and, as I mentioned a moment ago, is also the host of a national radio program, Parenting Today's Teens, which, by the way, we're envious to say, received the 2014 Program of the Year Award from the National Religious Broadcasters. Uh, Mark and Jan have been married for 40 years. They have two children, both of whom are married. They also have four grandchildren. And Trace, Mark is a lot like you. He lives on the Heartlight Ministry property with his family and his llamas, horses, a donkey, and a dog. Ah, I've been there, seen it all. Uh, it's a <laughs> w- wonderful place, and Mark's doing a great job out there. Uh, Mark, welcome back to Licensed Apparent. Hey, man, it's good to be on. I appreciate you guys. Um, man, I didn't know the history of so many animals. Uh, maybe we can give some away on this program or we something. Our own zoo. <laughs> zoo. I know. <laughs> Hey, what, what prompted you to write Prayers for My Teen? You know, I think it's, it's one of those books that, that kind of came out of my own, I guess, a longing to make sure that I'm always remembering um, to pray, to, to always yeah. be spending time. You know, and I, wrote, I really wrote it to men. Men, Good. as you said earlier, and I think it's so true, that have this amazing uh, desire, and they are hardwired to want to fix everything. Right. And sometimes that isolationist mentality says, I can do it. I don't need God. And what I find is that sometimes it's like putting together a swing set without the directions. I, I know I can do it, but then I end up with extra parts, and I'm just going, you know what? I should have listened to the directions. And when Scripture tells us over and over again that if any of, any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God yeah. for that wisdom, and God will impart what we need at the time that we need it most. And so it's just kind of a daily reminder to say, come on, pr- let's pray and get back focused. And and, uh, and it's not these, you know, million-word prayers. It's just short prayers that keep it, keep our heart on God and, and our focus on our mm-hmm. kids and, and it gives us some insight and some uh, guidance because we all need that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, you, you laid out uh, nearly 150 uh, prayers on topics that are, that are pertinent and essential to raising healthy teens. Topics that include training my teen, protecting my uh, my teen, giving thanks, and there's one oops. Uh, how did you nail it down to the ones that you've included in the book and why? You know, I just went through and started writing. I, I think I just I sat down and I said, what are the first things that come to mind? And then I write down 10 things and I take a little bit of a break and say, okay, I eliminate those. Let's come down with the next 10. And you start figuring out what's important and what's not. Then I kind of take that list and I send it out to a group of people, a small group, and say, hey, are these pertinent to you? Do they? Do you feel like they're important? And they'll add a few and then say, well, these other ones aren't. And so I really hone it down a little bit. Yeah. But I, I really go out to people and ask them questions. I believe in focus groups and, and getting their input, and, and, and that kind of helped me narrow it down. And what I found was that most of us all feel the same, yeah. that, you know, that, that we're all wired the same, and so we feel the same. And, and so the call in the book, and this isn't a promo for the book by any means, it's an encouragement to pursue prayer uh, more than anything, but it's that reminder saying, God has got this thing down. Don't lean on your own understanding. That right. The scripture that that says the way of the fool appears right to him. Right. And I, I've got that on my desk, and I'm always reminded that when I think it's right, even the fool thinks that it's right. So I need, it's not that I just want, but I desperately need yeah. guidance and direction so that I don't mess it up and I can make the most of my time. Yeah, that's a good word. I mean, no better person to get a feel for 
what parents need and pray for uh, uh, than a guy like Mark because, uh, I mean, you're dealing with parents all the time. Mark, I'm curious about one thing. Um, the name of your book is Prayers for My Teen as opposed to Praying for My Teen. In evangelical circles especially, I think a lot of people have some pushback against written prayers. What prompted you to actually write out specific prayers as opposed to addressing the topic of how to pray? <laughs> well, I think everybody knows that, that I mean, we've been beat over the head constantly is that pray without ceasing, don't stop, you know, and, and, and I think what happens is, you know, and I, and this just observation, sometimes men get so tired of these long, long, long prayers that they throw the baby out with the bathwater. And, and, and it may be a wife's attempt to rally God's graciousness and goodness around them, or it may be just, my wife will pray and she prays in chapters. I pray in paragraphs. You know, it's when somebody asks my feelings, my wife will give it to you in in a dissertation. I'll give it to you in one sentence, and and I think that a lot of men are like that. It's almost like just just tell me and focus me, and 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 the problem isn't a man's can't be a prayer warrior. The problem is a man gets so busy sometimes by the way that he's wired right. and stimulated by looking at other things, he forgets. You know, some in, in pursuit of what he thinks is important, he forgets what's most valuable, and so it's it's saying I, these are just small prayers that 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 somebody can pray and they're and not you know memorize them, but it just keeps you focused. And at the end of those prayers, I'm always asking questions. Hey, think on this today. Here's a scripture for you. Have you considered this? Here's some questions to ask yourself. And and the whole point of it is keep me focused on God, the provider. Of, of my faith and the provider of wisdom, but also keep me in tune with my kids so that I don't lose sight. It, because if, if you're like me, I can get so busy, I will ignore everything valuable in my life to oh, pursue yeah. what I think is important. Yeah, yeah. This this book has been out for a few years now, not, not a super long time, but obviously long enough uh, for you to have put some of this in practice. How has uh, praying like this affected your relationship with your own kids? Well, I think it's every kid around me. I, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm just, I just spend some time in the morning and, and read through something. You know, those, those prayers are just the earnest prayers that I would pray. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, it's the questions that I ask myself. It's the, it's the thoughts that stimulate me in some way. I, I really don't like hearing the same thing over and over and over again. And I think um, we get very, accustomed to using scripture as a cookbook where we got this certain recipe to make something happen right. and so we go and find it and that's it well prayer's not that way it's always a different recipe and god always serves up a different meal and and in the process of that it is just it's saying i i, I want to be in tune in some way and and i think you know, being in tune with the heart of God when he shares things with you that changes my approach to my kids. It changes the way I respond, the way that I react. It it calms me. It lets me know that he's in charge and he's in control so that I don't have to be the one that does all of that. And and because those are the things, if I'm not those things, then it, it makes me frustrated because I'm, I'm wired that way. I'm wired as a man to be in control and to fix it and take care of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think it, I, I think this is where prayer becomes so practically needed 
not just spiritually needed. Yeah. I, and it doesn't take away the spiritual aspect of it. But from a practical standpoint, every man that's listening to this program knows exactly what I'm talking about, how it's so easy to get consumed in other stuff, you know, rather than the stuff that's, that's really valuable. Well, Mark, you and I both uh, work with a lot of discouraged parents uh, when they first come to us. Um, what do you say to the parent, you know, he, he's claiming to be a believer, but he's been beat down or she, and he just says, you know, prayer's been a waste of time. God's never done anything for me. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm coming to you because uh, God didn't answer my prayers. Uh, how, how do you respond to a parent like that? You know, I think it's always a journey. Um, I know that God hears our prayers. Um, for me, he doesn't answer them near as quick as I'd like for him to. I, I believe in God's timing, but I hate it most of the time. Um, <laughs> but he's never late. He's, he's never late. Not, but know, rarely early. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's, it, well, I can just be a little bit faster. There's times that I wake up and I go, Lord, if you would just work as hard as I am, I think we can get this accomplished. <laughs> and I mean, it's... <laughs> How's that working for you? <laughs> I know, I know. It just doesn't work. But it shows the frustration and the need. So there's something to learn in the process. There's something about the journey uh, that that says, you know, just because somebody's not responding to me doesn't mean that I quit talking to them. And you know what? If we're to parent our kids like God parents us, it's the same message to us. Just because our child's not talking to us, just because our child's not answering us, doesn't mean that I quit talking. It's the journey, and it's how I how I move through that. And I, and I so so uh, to answer your question, Trace, I think it's more helping parents understand there's a bigger plan here. You think it may be about your kids. It really may be about you. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's not just, okay, Lord, I need this. Give it to me. Boom. Yep. And it's over with. It's, yep. it's a constant searching. And when God says pray without ceasing, I'm always asking and I'm always looking. And if I was given everything, I'd quit looking. Yeah. And, and that puts me in a rotten position. Yeah. We, we, when do we seek God the most? It's, it's not when we're on a mountaintop. It's when yeah. we're trying to climb out of the, you know, the pit. Yeah, exactly. Today's guest on Licensed to Parent is Mark Gregson, author of the book we're talking about, Prayers for My Teen. He's also host of the national radio program, Parenting Today's Teens. You can connect with Mark and find his books and other resources at parentingtodaysteens.org or at heartlightministries.org. We will be back with more Licensed to Parent in just a moment. Stay with us. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media-Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Hello, this is Dave Barton of Wall Builders. 
You know, history repeatedly validates the many benefits of an authentic biblical worldview. The Licensed Parent radio broadcast helps restore that worldview back into the hearts and minds of today's parents, and Shepherd's Hill Academy successfully demonstrates that troubled teens and their parents can still experience the abundant life while being fully equipped to win back our culture to biblical truth. The Licensed Parent broadcast teaches timeless biblical principles and answers that are lived out every day at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Both demonstrate that a biblical worldview provides guiding principles that work successfully every time they're applied. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back once again. This is Licensed to Parent coming to you from Shepherd's Hill Academy, a lovely horse farm in beautiful North Georgia. And we are talking today to a gentleman at another beautiful horse farm somewhere on the outskirts of town. No, he's at Heartlight Ministries. <laughs> Mark Gregston is our guest today on Licensed to Parent. Uh, and we're talking about his book, Prayers for My Teen, that came out a few years back. Uh, Mark, of course, also well known as the host of the radio program, Parenting Today's Teens. Mark, we were talking about the importance of praying for our kids, but talk about praying with our kids, praying out loud together. Is there any magic behind all that? Because I know when I when I pray out loud, uh, you know, on my knees, there's just something about that. And I not that I do that uh, as much as I do when I'm walking or driving or you know uh, whatever. I, but that time on your face before God just seems there just seems to be a better connection. I guess it's a, the difference between. Uh, Maybe a hug and a kiss. I don't know. Uh, but can you speak to that? Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that kids sure need an example given to them how to pray. You know, and Scripture even says, teach your children how to pray. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think they see that by example. But I think there's a great transition that needs to happen when we move from teaching to training, where we not are just saying, okay, do it this way, but it's almost sharing with them why you do it, mm-hmm. and and start sharing things about our lives, even in our prayers. Lord, search me, know my heart, see if there's any hurtful way in me, and and almost having a discussion with our child outside of that that affirms the need for prayer, so that when they do pray, they just don't think it's some habitual thing we do before we eat a meal, or only on Sunday mornings, but it becomes a part of a lifestyle that they see. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for that part of it, but sometimes people get the program of prayer so set in motion that that becomes more important than the relationship with the child. And sometimes, you know, I think, I think we can pray silently while we're with the child talking to them, and they'll eventually ask where we came up with things, and we can tell them, I've been praying for you every time I sit down with you. And I share with kids, hey, I'm, I'll be praying for you. It's not only doing that before a meal, but yeah. it may be telling them that, encouraging them that I, I pray for you, and I want to continue to do that. Yeah, to, to pray continually, uh, it would, as Paul you know, tells us to do, it would be impossible to be on your knees and your face all the time, wouldn't it? So it pretty much implies that there's an attitude of prayer that goes along with the, in the equation. Yeah. Um, is it ever appropriate, like, particularly when our kids are younger, 
uh, to you know require that they read scripture or you know say hey you know we're sitting here saying grace Johnny can you say it tonight and he says he doesn't want to how, how do you how do you suggest parents deal with with that situation yeah you know I think early on you know I, I think we've got to give them opportunity and it moves to the training thing and I, I think it's it's healthy to get them to do that but usually when a child says I don't want to there's something else going on. They may be embarrassed. They don't feel like their prayers are good enough. Maybe dad prays with the with the greatest prayer. You you know, there's times King I James. hear people pray, and I go, wow. I, <laughs> I'm just saying rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it's there's a part of it that a child may feel embarrassed. So I'm always looking at a child. But it gives you, and I, I would look at a child and say, okay, okay. And then sit down and talk with them. Hey, come here, let's, let's go sit down and talk for just a minute. Do you have a Do you have a difficulty praying? Is that hard for you? Do you not feel like your prayers are heard? Do you understand what we're doing? Use it as a jumping off opportunity, as a springboard to have a further discussion about the importance of prayer that's backed up by the example that they see in you. I think it's important for us as parents to recognize that not praying out loud is not necessarily the same thing as not praying. Because right. as, yeah. as you mentioned, there may be the embarrassment. There are a lot of people who have stage fright, if you will. And therefore, they're they're uh, shy about about praying in front of other people, mm-hmm. but they may have a very deep prayer life. So. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think the other thing too is like it's like when you go out and eat a meal. I feel very comfortable praying. At times, I feel comfortable not praying. I'm not I'm not into the 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 habit of of right. feeling like I'm going to get sick off the food if I don't, or I'm not really grateful for it. I am grateful, but when it becomes an embarrassment or a drill to somebody else around me and they don't feel the sincerity of it, then I don't know whether I'm making any progress. And I, and I just want to be attuned to that. And, and I want to make sure that kids understand that as well, because I don't want them thinking there's just, you have to do this. I, I want them to kind of grow into it. And I, man, what, I, what brings music to my ears is when a kid says, hey, can I pray? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, right after I do a couple of backflips, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, I'd love for you to do that, you know, and but I think it's, it's I, I want to move into it slowly, especially as a child who may be questioning where they are in their relationship with Christ, or they may have given up. I mean, it, sometimes they, they take, you know, praying as, as, a, as a constant reminder of how God has failed them. And there's times that, you know, like a, a field laying fallow, that you just stop until you get to a better place where they can understand what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, there are some situations with our kids where, you know, we, we really can't do much to intervene and fix. I'm thinking of the issue of homosexuality. When, when referring to kids struggling with homosexuality, I've heard many parents mock prayer. Uh, I heard Rosie O'Donnell say the same thing by, by saying, you know, I guess I should just pray the gay away. Uh, with all due respect, why wouldn't a Christian parent uh, pray that their child would be relieved of an unwanted same-sex attraction? You know, I, I don't hear too many people saying, you know, I I really would like for my child to be gay. I, I don't hear too many parents say, I, I'd really love for my daughter to be pregnant. <laughs> I, I, I think what, what's happened in our culture right now is that, is that we've become very accommodating um, of everybody. Yeah. And so... Uh, and the culture has. I haven't. Yeah. Even though my heart is warm to anybody that's caught in any kind of situation, I 
that's that's where I spend my life. But but there's a part of it where I think the longings are good. I think the way that we handle it sometimes only uh, inflames or in um, or further exacerbates the problem because now it's being perceived as judgment. And sometimes you know you you hold prayer up next to anything, somebody's going to feel judged. And and so it's it's just. You know, it's it's being sensitive to the impact that any of my words are having on anybody. I'm having to watch my words a lot because I don't want to um, inflame people. I want to offer help and hope to people, and 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 they really have changed the way. I mean, you have to. There's so many times I get so sick of this political correctness mm. and and all these other things, yeah. but I go, you know what? It's it's the world, and and I've I've got to figure out how to. How to adjust to it so that I can bring more to His loving grace, and and uh, so that they would be attracted to that. And and I, right now, I think, man, the culture is just working against us all Boy, on on a number of fronts. Hmm. Absolutely right. You got to train your kids. It used to be we were going to train them to kind of assimilate in the culture and influence it, uh, and now it's like, my gosh, uh, the, the the you have to train them to swim upstream. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I don't think it's going to get any better. I, and I'm not an anti-world kind of guy. I mean, I'm, I, I kind of go with the flow on things. But I think it's going to get worse, and it's going to be harder. And, it, and so it means that it's going to parenting's going to be harder, and it's going to yep. be a little bit more difficult. So if it is, that's why we need programs like yours and mine and everything else. I, you know, why you're doing radio is not to attract people to the kids' program. It's to keep families from ever having to send your kids <laughs> exactly. to the program. Yeah, we, we often say we're trying to put ourselves out of business. Absolutely, and, and I and I think we should be, and I think that's why more and more radio stations and more and more people are and are accepting podcasts and issues on parenting. But there's very few people that are speaking to the issues in such a way that offers hope in the process. And I and I, I want to be hope filled because I think that God is hope filled in any situation. Amen. Yeah, and I know, Mark, that's your uh, th- that's your overarching goal uh, with Heartlight. Take a moment. We've only got a moment left in the program. Let me give that to you to to talk about Heartlight, and I guess more specifically, in light of our conversation, how can we and how can our listeners pray for you and for the folks at Heartlight? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's just praying for the the normal stuff. We have a bunch of hurting kids. Um, that that come from all over the country and are struggling and and I think it's praying for our wisdom and our guidance and our protection as well. I mean, you get a bunch of hurting kids together and hurt people, hurt people. That's right. And and they don't know how to get through things and they I mean, it's intense. The staff get worn out. I mean, because you're dealing with stuff that nobody else wants to deal with. And so I think I think prayers for uh, stamina, for uh, the flame of passion to continue to be burning bright when you want to choke some of these kids. And I'm joking when I say that. But but I mean that when you're pushed beyond limits, I, I think that would be the thing that we would ask for anybody to pray for. Just pray that we can continue to do what God's called us to do in such a way that we're truly representing him to anybody that comes across our path. Well, today's guest on Licensed to Parent has been Mark Gregston, author of the book Prayers for My Teen and a bunch of other books, and also host of the national radio program Parenting Today's Teens. You can connect with Mark and find his books and other resources at parentingtodaysteens.org or at heartlightministries.org. 
And Mark, thanks so much for carving time out of your day uh, to be a part of our day. We appreciate you it. bet. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a Christ-centered year-long residential program for teens in crisis. You can learn more about the work of Shepherds Hill, dig into some other parenting topics, and check out Trace's blog on our website, licensedtoparent.org. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you back again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.